1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Father Knows Something. And uh, first of all, I need to uh, say that Morgan is awake for the show today. (laughs) (laughs) For now. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. For now. We have Justin, and we do also have...
2: Little Holly.
1: And to take care of a a little bit of our business, uh, we have a wonderful surprise... We got a present, and uh, as uh, everyone knows, we love our socks. Uh, oh all three of us got our socks, and they all say something very special. So, my socks say cool beans
2: because mm-hmm. you're a coffee guy.
1: Because I'm a coffee guy, and yours says stable
2: relationship
1: because with
2: little ponies, because
1: she has stables, and Justin. It's just a
3: phase. (laughs) Justin is just a phase.
2: (laughs) Well, they're cute space socks. You got to explain it.
3: Well, yeah, but space ain't just a phase for me. You know what I'm saying? It's
1: real. It's a
2: way of life.
1: That's right. So we have Holly, the Wonder Dog. She's back with us for a week or so. And she's uh, just chilled out over there. And another great present I really do enjoy. uh, My cocktails is basically ice water with a little spritz of a water flavor. Morgan is always worried about, you know, me consuming the bad things. And out of nowhere, I got home and she says, these came for you, dad.
2: They were a present, a present to two hot takes and father knows something. So
1: they're called stirs. They got multiple, multiple flavors of all different kinds. This is coconut pineapple. That is today's treat.
2: Really good. And they don't have dye, which is what he used to be drinking. So, so you thank can, you for the present.
1: You like the um, dye. Um is bad. I don't want to die. So <laughs> dying is bad right now. So this is great, and thanks a lot. And as you can see, we have it in our LA Dodger Cup.
2: Okay. That was all our lovely housekeeping. This week's episode is all about boundaries.
1: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yes, we do know people that cross boundaries. Are you saying? Are you giving me a hint that I cross boundaries?
2: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you—you you definitely really messed me up when you put my clothes in the dryer last night.
1: I, apparently, Dad thought he was really just being sweet and wonderful and thoughtful, and apparently, I uh, found out I was being irresponsible.
3: Well, and now and, a boundary's and, been set. Yes, and I
1: know For the, the fifth boundary. time. So I'm not going to be a nice guy anymore and try to Mm -mm. help my daughter out by putting her laundry in the dryer.
2: Mm -mm. I hang dry everything.
1: So there you go.
2: Okay, so before we get into this boundaries stories, we do have a quick update. It was from our back to school episode.
1: Oh, yes.
2: From like last fall. Mm -hmm. And we had a write-in about someone who was in a sorority and not feeling super connected. Right. And so we have a little update from them. Um, I was the last write-in on the episode who was considering dropping my sorority. We had our hell week. For us, we call it work week and there were several positions that were open. I ran for a VP position, and I got it. I'm now serving on my sorority's executive board. I did branch out, and I think I've had conversations with every sister now, and even was invited to a party. I've participated in some welcome week activities and also joined several committees. I appreciate your advice so much, and thank you, Morgan, for the perspective. I can't believe how much can change in just a week, but I am overjoyed that my favorite family helped me.
1: And we're glad you did it too. Yeah. It's, you know, things just happen once you give it a try and you get going and then you, look, when you move to a different city and start a whole new life, it is always rough. And, you know, some people are able to shift easier than others. Mm-hmm. So we're glad you made the change and found, found your... uh found yourself, which is the most important thing. Yeah. And now, now you can go anywhere and you'll be fine. Yeah.
2: Okay. Let's get to the stories. Okay. Hello, Jerry and Morgan and Justin. My issue, my 26 female sister, 28 female, and I have a complicated relationship. She's a drug addict and has been for 10 plus years. Me and my husband, 26 male, have guardianship over her six-year-old daughter me and my sister used to be inseparable. We used to be called twins, and we did everything together. After she started using and had a baby, things got bad. I've tried for years to get her help and save her from herself. It's gone to the point that I can no longer support her and her decisions to ruin her life. My question is, am I wrong for not allowing her in my home? The last time I saw her was a couple of years ago, when my mom and I confronted her about writing bad checks in my mom's name. Needless to say, it ended up with her choking my mom and me breaking her jaw, trying to get her off my mom. Her presence has caused problems in my marriage and, most importantly, with my niece. How do I set the boundary of not allowing her near us when nobody in my family respects that boundary and brings her over without my permission? Much love, and thank you for this amazing podcast.
1: It's a tough one. Because it really is. You know, you, you have to, number one, think about the protection of your family. And since she is really uncontrollable because of, of the addiction and you don't know when she's using, you don't know when she's coming over to go, you know, case your place because sometimes drug addicts come in and they take whatever they need to support the habit they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. So you have all this stuff going on. And the answer is you have to make it really clear to everybody that at the front door, as much as you love her, until you see that she's really changed her life and proven that to you, that she's off, she's off bounds. Don't bring her because it's just going to turn into an ugly day and you're not going to change your mind when she gets there. The the door will be locked and whoever is with her and has brought her will not be in the house. The door, the door will get locked.
3: Yeah. I know it's tough because you can't necessarily start putting up the boundary where if uh, a sibling brings her over or whoever it is in the family, mm-hmm. then it's like, no, and then they don't follow that. Well, you're not going to set the boundary that they can never come. I mean, you don't want to start like, you know, locking out your entire family. Right, but but I do
1: think that, you know, it's, it's proper to say if they bring her there and, and they facilitate it. Yes. Then she will not be allowed in, or whoever brought her won't be allowed in, and the police will be called.
3: Yeah. Well, and it seems like there's pretty clear reasons why. I mean, it's not like, oh, I just don't like her around. No, it's like this is serious shit. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I think you can, it is hard because, you know, you want to still have relationships with everyone in your family and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think. If it comes down to it, you might have to cut yourself off from some of those family members. And I think something I learned, you know, in terms of like boundaries, something I learned recently is when you're trying to set boundaries with someone, it's never like you're never going to force them to change. And so something I saw recently was like you state the behavior that bothers you. And then the consequence is what you're going to do. Because you can't control other people, when you're setting boundaries and you're giving them the consequence, when you clearly state your boundary, it's always what you're going to do. So in this case, I would literally say to family, I would point blank, say, I love my sister, but until she has proven she can remain clean and take care of herself, she is not allowed at my house. If you show up and you bring her, the door is going to remain locked. Or if we're at a family function and she shows up, I am going to leave. Right. I will not be there. I'm going to remove myself. And you set that boundary and it's hard and people are going to break it. But you got to hold true because it's your family and your marriage and your little, little niece, which who I don't know if she looks at you like a mom because it sounds like you've had her for quite some time, but... So, it's your family So I missed something here. I
1: just want to make sure I understand it. So you're saying that if she comes to your house, that you will leave your own house? Or, no,
2: the door will, will remain locked. And if
1: you're at a fa- another family function, yes. then you will leave that function. Yes. That's correct. You, I, I, I wanted to make sure I understood yeah, that correctly. Yeah. Because I didn't want you to have to go abandon your own home because she's there.
2: Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so make sure your locks are solid. And yeah. honestly, I think the best thing you can do is get a Ring doorbell camera. And Justin and I just got this like really really nice home security system. It's from Eufy, E U F Y, and it's all solar panel like solar charger little Mm -hmm. thing on the camera, and it just connects to your Wi-Fi, and then you get it on your phone. And you know if you are worried about her stealing stuff, I mean she was already writing bad checks, then having a home security camera might might also ensure that your family's protected.
3: Well, and when people show up to your house. I mean, you can't hide from like the front door Mm -hmm. doorbell camera. It's Mm -hmm. pretty clear. And someone could be like, no, it's just me or whatever BS games. People think they're playing when you're trying to be serious and they're trying to like, she's not here. And then it's like, no, I, I see her. She's right there. She's Mm -hmm. clearly here. So it is, it is good. It's also great for just peace of mind, especially when you're away from home for more than, you know, just going out for the day. It's like the best to be able to just log in and look.
2: Um, ideal outcome, just so we don't forget this. I just want her to get better, but I don't think I need to be a part of her life. My priorities are my niece and my marriage.
3: I think that's it. I can keep yeah. your priorities straight and you're, you're locked and loaded.
2: Yeah. Okay, up next. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Jerry. I've had some family issues in the past year, and I'd really like advice on how to move forward. So last year was a huge year. My husband and I built our first home and got married. Most people in our lives were very supportive and joined in all celebrations. Mm -hmm. Now onto the family issues. My dad's side of the family claims to be tight-knit, but over the years, I've noticed just how toxic they can be. There's quite a bit of shit-talking and complaining about family members behind their back, petty comments and group texts, no shows to really important family gatherings with a lame excuse to get out of coming, etc. It might not seem like much, but it's a constant theme, and I've noticed the last 10 years. I'm now 27, and my husband can't stand it, and frankly, neither can I. I do feel guilty about not coming around as much because my grandparents are older and not in good health, but every time I see them, the toxic relatives are there as well. My dad is convinced I'm going to regret my decisions about not inviting them to our wedding and not coming to more family gatherings. But I honestly don't have the energy for them half of the time. I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to keep my family in my life, but not let the toxicity get to me and my husband.
1: So the answer is you just have to make smaller events and just bring the people together that you enjoy to be around and just, you know, just basically say that this is, you know, if your parents, if his parents say why didn't you invite these and this and this and say because really we we only can really manage this much at a time mm-hmm. and this is the intimate crowd that i want to involve in and you know i'm i'm glad we're here and take it that way I, you don't have to raise the you know the shit that you obviously notice because they don't notice it but you can certainly say this this is the intimate group that
3: i want to be with right now
1: and other, there'll be other events that will have other people
2: yeah
3: it's tough to want to have, like to change and manipulate a relationship with, not manipulate, but to have it be healthier than it is with extended family because it's another situation where you have no control. And so if they're going to be doing this shit talking or whatever, I don't even think it matters. If you get them down to a small group, I think they'll still do it. It's just finding the balance between seeing the people you really want to see having a relationship with family and, you know, maybe find ways to kind of tiptoe around things or you can try and set a boundary where it's like, if something comes up and you're just like not feeling like you want to listen to it and not want to talk about it, just say, you know, I just want us us all to get together and I, I don't want to, have this conversation. I don't want to talk behind X's back. I don't, and like you can try starting to set the boundary. Right. You yeah. can certainly say I'm not into negativity,
1: and I find this to be very negative. And if we can't say something nice, I really don't want to say anything at all. Right. Another idea is to bring in uh, entertainment that you're going to do together that will keep your minds busy on other things that you can't even think about those people. You know, we found we found you know enjoyment you know playing our game of Catan. And we're too focused on our stuff to worry about all the, you know, the drama of of other people in the world. So if you keep their mind active in positive things, you won't have, they won't have the room, hopefully, to think of the negative. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's solid. Um, Ideal outcome here is have a healthy relationship with my extended family. Additional info. We didn't invite my aunts and uncles to the wedding because my immediate family is very large. While my husband's is small, we kept the wedding to forty-five people for cost purposes, and as bad as it sounds, they just didn't make the must-be-there cut. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think that sounds bad at all. Forty-five, and if you have a large family, and if you're not close with some,
1: that's still it's that's fair. It's still plenty of people.
2: That's a yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of people. A lot of mouths to feed. So I think it's fair. Your wedding day is about you, and honestly, if you know they're toxic and create drama there really isn't a point to have them. And obviously, it, I mean, it sounds like you had a great wedding, so mm-hmm. I don't think you'll regret it. So if you're content with the relationship, how it is, just keep doing you. Mm-hmm. But if you do feel guilty about not seeing your grandparents as much, like try to just
1: do pop more,
2: over there and
1: do intimate things with them.
2: Yeah. And try to like really
1: enjoy quality just pop time. over
2: and say, you know, Hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Can I stop by? Just, Try that a couple of times because you'll probably run into a time where there's not the toxic relatives there.
1: You'll have a, and you'll have a more, have more quality, uh, you know, interaction with them. Mm-hmm. I do think so.
0: Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Okay, moving along. Hi, looking for some advice on working on my self-esteem after my boyfriend of one year lied about going to the strip club. He was out with friends and ended the night at a strip club. I asked him the next morning if he went to a club. And he said no. I found out through his friends where they really had been, and it broke my heart. Not necessarily just because he was looking at other naked women, but mostly because of the lie and that he knew how I felt about strip clubs while in a committed relationship. He said he lied because he knew how it would hurt me, which doesn't make it much better in my opinion. We've mainly worked through it, it's been three weeks now, and have forgiven him and trust that he won't do it again, and is working on his personal issues, But my issue now is my self-esteem. He was a virgin when we started dating, and his lack of experience was something I valued in him. Now, knowing he's seen other beautiful girls dancing naked, I feel so diminished and can't help but think he was lusting after them. How can I accept what happened and move past the incident without feeling like this is a constant in the back of my head?
1: Well, the most important thing that you have in a relationship is trust. And the biggest issue that I see here um, is, A, he lied. The reason why he lied is because he felt he knew you so well that something that he may have felt to be so benign of, a, of an experience would upset you. And he was going to have to live with the grief of that. But if he already uh, promised you and committed that, that this isn't important enough to him to do, then he's got to live that. So there's, there's these different things. I I can tell you, which is not relevant to the fact of the commitment that he made to you, but I can tell you from experience because I have been to a strip club in my, my 65 years. In fact, I've been there at one point in time. That was where everyone in, a, in the town that I worked, you know, I lived in that from city hall, everybody would go meet in the evenings there. And in fact, my mom came to town and visited me and, she came along with him. No way. <laughs> True it's story. Is this club Saratoga? It's at the Toga. <laughs> True story. And I know that my friend's wife had a problem with him going, but all that aside, I really never went there and looked at a, at a woman dancing to say, I'm lusting for her. It was something that went on in the background and the guys are there and they're drinking or smoking our cigars or whatever we were doing. And, the the action on stage really wasn't the main event for us it was where that you know just being there in the in the freedom of whatever the stupidity of being there was
2: for most of you though or did you have guys in the group that did go to look at the girls and
1: that was never the the, the motivation to go there
2: but did you know I've gone to the strip club with guys myself where they are really... Checking out the girls and wow, she's hot and I'm gonna get a dance from her and God, if she sat on my face, like I've I've heard stuff like that with groups of guys hey, too. Okay. not I'm, with you. You're family friendly. You're fine.
1: I mean, could, could it, would the guys would, would guys talk out loud and say that with and really think that was her drive? I think it's all bullshit. But okay,
2: I just like I'm just really curious because. I think depending on the group that, of people, that, it that can, is, that, yeah.
1: I'm not saying there's not people that go there and you know can't wait to you know rub their you know boner through their pants to some chick that that's ah, that's, hey. a, that's on his lap. But you know, reality, family friendly. Fa- <laughs> we're all adults here. <laughs> she asked a question. We're gonna give. We're giving this woman the facts. <laughs> so, I mean, the the bottom line is simply is is that. I don't think you have anything to worry about far as him going there, finding a relationship, leaving you for a dancer and your life with him is over. I think you have to have enough self-respect for yourself, knowing that what you bring to the table of you being a girlfriend and why, what attracted you guys together and what makes you enjoy each other is more important. The jealousy is only going to drive and your insecurity is only going to drive you apart. The insecurity doesn't work in a relationship. Typically, at least in my experiences, as soon as people become insecure, that becomes the problem.
2: Do you think, though, I mean, in this ideal outcome, it says, I'd love to help move past my insecurities. I would also like to know if you think I may be overreacting. Is going to a strip club really as big of a betrayal as it feels to me? And so I look at this and... I find it very concerning that oh well I didn't want to hurt you so I lied about going.
0: There's no excuse the bottom for line lying. is
2: the bottom line is you knew it was going to hurt me. Why did you go?
3: Well, it's right. So this there's two issues here. One is breaking boundaries. Mm-hmm. The other is mm-hmm. getting over the lying. Yes. The breaking boundaries. The strip club is rather irrelevant in the story. It's just simply a boundary that was crossed. He knew it was crossed, so he lied about it. That's, That's the problem. Problem A, it doesn't matter if it was a strip club or whatever. I know strip clubs are like this heightened sense of like, you did what? Yeah. But besides that, the strip club, there should be no more worries about the strip club itself. It's really the fact that a boundary was crossed. Mm-hmm. Step two is the insecurities. And getting over the insecurities is not simply setting a boundary where it's like which is fine that like let's not do strip clubs fine that's fair but really what the worry is here is if you're worried about him lusting over other women the strip clubs probably pretty low on the list of where you'd meet girls who you're lusting for yeah you're gonna meet them walking on the street maybe you're out to the bars with your boys maybe you're at a restaurant maybe you're like driving in your car and you see a girl, like, I don't know. The,
2: the people that work at strip clubs are there to work.
3: Right. But the, the insecurities is really what you got to figure out and work on because it can happen from anywhere. You can find, you can look across the room and find someone and, you know, it could happen right then. So it's trust.
1: I, I don't want to forget this. The thought is control you're trying to control him by telling him not to do something to control the the ability of him not to leave you. The bottom line is, is that if when I hear about men saying to their girlfriends, you can't do this, or you can't do that. We all look at that guy for being a controlling prick for saying what you can't do. The thing is, is that you in reality, Don't try to control the narrative with people. They're people and just trust that they love you for who you are. And I think that will make, make you guys stronger than operating in the negative in the control.
2: So what is the difference between control and a boundary?
1: Well, and trust. Well, trust is the biggest thing the the boundary here is trust. Don't, he shouldn't, he, he could, he could have done the responsible thing in the beginning saying said, you know something, honey, the guys want me to go with them. I'm not going to lie to you about it. There's nothing that's going to go on, but I'm going to go be with the guys and do the stupid thing. But I, it's, I don't want to lie to you. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're open and honest about what's going on, people will feel more secure because you're open and honest.
2: So again, what do you think the difference between control and a boundary is? Because it to me it feels like you're almost interchanging and I just I think it might help to like kind of clarify if if the boundary for her was, you know, I'm uncomfortable with you going to a strip club. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the case for a lot of people. Our community here, we do get a lot of write-ins about strip clubs and mm-hmm. how to deal with the relationship after that trust that that boundary has been crossed. So, you know, she set that boundary. And I don't think it's about controlling him and saying, you cannot do this. It's just, hey, I'm uncomfortable and I really don't appreciate you going to strip clubs. But you gonna need to ask yourself then, okay, he went to the strip club. What's the consequence? If he lies to you and goes to the strip club again, is the consequence breaking up?
1: It's it, like, might, it might be the "oh well clause that we're not going to be together.
2: Yeah. So I, I think it's just interesting where it's like, is it a boundary or is it control? And like, what, like, what would you define the difference being?
1: I think it's up to the, <laughs> me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like what's like truly I, what's I, the difference? I, I,
1: I a a boundary is, is that I believe we are in a monogamous relationship and I don't want you to be with other women. That's a boundary. Uh, it doesn't work for me. If you're with another woman, then I don't wanna be in a relationship with someone that's gonna be with another woman. If if you feel that you don't wanna be with a man that goes to a strip club, then that is the same thing. You've said, I don't wanna be with a man that's gone to a strip club. If they're important to you, just don't go out with me. Find somebody else that it's okay with. Now, if you guys can work, work, if, if the guy comes to you and says, well, what is the issue if I have an affair with another woman or what is the if, what is the issue of if I have a uh go to a strip club and hang out with the guys. You know, there are people in polyamorous relationships. Polyamorous. Polyamorous relationships <laughs> that it works for them to yeah. And the case with this woman, it would not work for her. So I don't criticize the people that is acceptable to them. I just say that if it's not acceptable, don't be with a fellow that wants to be polyamorous. Yeah. And so this is no different. It's just, you have to set right up from the front, what the things are, you know, in the dating stage, what, what worries you? What don't you want in your man? What do you want in your woman? What don't you want in your woman? I mean, so you guys don't have to control each other. Everyone knows their boundaries and respects those boundaries.
3: When I think a boundary is agreed upon. Yeah. And I think control is not necessarily always agreed upon. I think that's where it starts to get, obviously there's gray area. Mm-hmm. There is. But a boundary is something you say, I'm not comfortable with that. And I say, okay, well, because I love you and I want to stay in this relationship, I'm fine respecting that mm-hmm. and not doing that. That's not someone controlling me. That's just saying- they're not interested in being in s- with someone that does that. Right, I mean, And if you want to, that's fine, go do it. But it's not going to be while you're by my side. Mm-hmm, so yeah. you're not physically actually controlling them. You're just trying to agree on a certain set of, I guess, rules or boundaries. 25 years ago, Friday
1: evenings after work, it would not be in common. From five o'clock till 6.30, I was at the toga. And I wouldn't lie about it. I would just say, I'm at the club. <laughs> Yeah, we're at the toga. we i think we actually called it the donut shop. We're at the donut shop.
2: Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> we were terrible. Uh, but in twenty years, it wasn't. It's not important to me. I haven't been to a club in twenty years. Yeah, I mean, it's the last place that I would even want to go. You come out smelling like smoke. You breathe in that. You, you shit. can't
2: smoke in them anymore.
1: <laughs> well, it was the most awful thing in the world. Yeah. So. It's just not a lifestyle, you know, that is just not my lifestyle. I certainly, you know, don't get up in the morning and say, can't wait to go look at a naked woman dancing on my lap, you know.
2: Family friendly.
1: Yeah.
2: So for those of us, just so we are clear, boundaries are also known as limits. Boundaries vary from relationship to relationship, but are set without the cooperation of the partner. They are not products of negotiation, which is interesting. Boundaries are decisions that protect fundamental safety or integrity, indicating what one will and will not tolerate. If you are describing a boundary, you will state what you will do rather than try to state what the other person will do, which is essentially what I was trying to get at Mm -hmm. earlier. For example, if you hit me, I will end the relationship. Or if you talk to me that way, I will leave. And then it goes on further. And it says, the difference between control and boundaries is that control is meant to make others what you want them to be, but boundaries make it safe for us to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. So a boundary always has to do with you. And I think that's where it kind of gets confusing because it's like, you're not trying to control him. You're not saying you cannot go to strip clubs. What you're actually going to say is, I'm uncomfortable if you go to strip clubs, it's just not something I really want for my relationship. So if you choose to go to a strip club, I will be breaking up with you. So mm-hmm. I
3: said it wrong, but explained it perfectly right. I think so. I still think it's agreed upon.
2: I think it You needs, agree in
3: the sense that you're going forward in the relationship.
2: It's agreed upon in the sense that the other person, if they want to participate in that relationship with the person that set the boundary- Yeah, they need to abide by the boundary. They need to agree to adhere to it.
3: I think boundaries can be negotiated though. Like, oh, I don't want (laughs) you to drink as much. All right, well, I'll do, how about two drinks a week? Yep, that sounds fine.
2: (snaps) Boundary set. Or is that control? Because a true boundary would be saying, I'm uncomfortable if you have excessive alcohol. And if you choose to drink more than two drinks, I'm going to remove myself. That's a boundary. It's all in the phrasing. I know. Isn't it wild though? We're learning so much today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to go right out at the end of the episode.
2: No, this is great.
3: (laughs) Well, I know one thing.
1: I still don't have an an interest to go back to the donut shop. (laughs) Well, and I think
2: too, I think this is kind of like this stands out to me um, in the ideal outcome is going to a strip club really as big of a betrayal as it feels to me. It's up to you. It's up to you. Like we all have gone to strip clubs. Like we d- I don't like I like it. I think it's an amazing form of athleticism. I think it's really cool, but I'm not like dying to go there every week. I also don't have a sex addiction. I think it really depends on you, your partner, and your relationship. so mm-hmm. it's 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 what you're comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with it, that's the bottom line.
1: I will say that a lot of the dancers are very artistic and very athletic and what they can do on a pole is amazing. It's
2: like Cirque du Soleil. I've yeah. literally said this before. It is unbelievable. Like being able to just like wrap your back of your knee around a pole and spin. It's un and, unreal. And
1: it's great exercise. You've, yeah. You will really, find, you will find I really, I want to go to a class. Well, there's a class right there. They have classes right down Do the you want to go? I'm not interested in pole dancing, mm. but I would go, you know, I wanted to, you know, fine, I'd be glad to go bicycle riding with you. Yeah. <laughs> a little I more my speed. Yeah. But uh, right down the street, they do have one of the finest uh, teaching classes that people go for just
3: for exercise. You want to go? I would pay to watch you do that.
2: What if we do like a Two Hot Takes Father Knows Something? Class. Yeah. We can do it. We can all go to a class.
1: Uh, we That'd can do be it. fun. We can do it. Once
2: you <laughs> once you get all healed up.
1: I, I know where it. I
0: know where it is. It's right on the corner. Cool. You can walk there from here. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The lion is awake.
2: I know, she's, so, she's making the weirdest noises today. I wonder if anyone can hear her.
1: And she snores, folks. She snores. She's a big snoring dog.
2: Hi, I'm S, pronouns they, them. They, them. The problem is with my significant other who I'll call m m is great. I love them We used to be very clingy but they're not good at personal boundaries with others and quite frankly Relationship boundaries and it just keeps getting worse. They flirt and caress the others in our friend group This hurts me deeply since one of my primary love languages is physical touch mm-hmm. Today when I got away for a second, I broke down completely I also just don't quite understand why they do this to the others in our friend group, but not to me. Our friends have started noticing, and one of them even confronted me about the issue. Ideal outcome, I'd like for everything to go back to how it was, you know, how a monogamous relationship normally is. Additional info, recently they told me they're uncomfortable with me holding their hand, hugging them, etc. But M continues to be physical with the rest of the friend group, and our friends don't even like it. They just awkwardly laugh and say things like, uh, yeah, when they use pickup lines on them. Also, M has a past of being quite a player. Like, they've been in 10 relationships while they were my first kiss. And lastly, I've wondered about M being poly, but I'm not, so that would make this a lot harder.
1: My answer? M might be giving them a a message without really saying it. So, my If if it isn't the relationship that you're comfortable with, because it's just you're not feeling it, then the answer is is it's you know, you guys might be you know two great people, but maybe just not meant to be the intimate lovers that you would like to be. And it's I hate to say that because it make it sometimes it's sad, but at the end of the day, it it works out better for you because by saying, you know. We love each other or I care greatly for you. I love you you know so much, but I don't see this to be the relationship that I need. I need to make us friends and find somebody that that has the same intimate feelings for me and ultimately we will we will both be happier. And let's not waste each other's time and give it dignity. Give death give the death of this relationship the dignity it deserves and move on.
2: Mhm. Do you find it concerning when you have a relationship with someone and you used to have a lot of PDA and hand holding. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, I don't think we should hold hands anymore. That's a message.
1: I mean, look, what's going to happen when you get, when you have the the talk with them and it, it dissipates, them's going to react two ways. One freedom or two grief and doesn't want to separate from you. So you guys will definitely have a discussion saying, look, I I recognize what you really mean to me. And I'm not letting you go. I want to, you know, fight for our relationship and what a fool I've been. It could go either way. You just don't know until but you're you're not doing this to play a game. You're doing this because you recognize that it's not what you want.
2: Have you ever had a girlfriend that has been overly touchy with other friends of yours. Have you ever like dealt with something like that where like it's been, you're kind of like, Oh, they're kind of crossing a boundary that I'm uncomfortable with. I
1: never, I don't really remember that. No, that really was never a play in my life. But I, but I would have said, obviously there's, if if we're not feeling it, I've always been the one to try to give things dignity and I've never really been the one to be jealous and go crazy and all the stuff. If it's if, if they're into somebody else, go be with them and I'll find someone that, to be with that wants to be with me.
2: Do you think it's, well, and I hear you say jealousy and I'm really trying to probe him this episode if you can't tell, but when you say jealousy, is it more so like, I don't think our our writer here is jealous. It's. It more so seems it's just kind of like a lack of respect to their relationship.
1: It it, M is not feeling and giving them what they want or you know deserve or or, are expecting their expectation of of what that person wants in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And if that's not if they're not getting the uh, the fulfillment, you know the sugar it's a sugar pile. You, know, you can keep dishing the sugar pile out mm-hmm. and you can be getting the sugar pile back into a balanced pile. Everyone's happy. They're dishing it out. And M, M is taking the sugar pile and just passing it around the room and totally ignoring them. And it's just there's a deficit. Mm-hmm. It's sugar bankruptcy here. <laughs> so well, there's <laughs> some kind
3: of disconnect. And I think this happens a lot. And mm-hmm. sometimes one partner can be like, well, uh, I'm really feeling disconnected, right? And that's the first step as you bring it up. I'm feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. Oh, why? Well, this kind of made me feel weird. Okay. And then at that moment, you can start to pinpoint either the other person's going to be like, oh, I had no idea. Like when you start to get disconnected in relationship, the other person's going to respond with either, oh, I've just been like, I've been bogged down with this. I've been so stressed out with this. I've been, and I'm sorry. I haven't, you know, I haven't, put enough time and focus on you and like the hand holding here you have this very direct like I don't want to hold hands so it's it's this disconnect and then I do think there is a little bit of jealousy when what you want you're seeing everyone else get yeah even though you're like they don't want it and they're uncomfortable but I'm the one who should be experiencing that mm-hmm. and then you don't want to so there's definitely a great disconnect and I think they have, it is probably a message.
1: They they have been feeling a that M is repelling, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if if you are being repelled, time time to confront, walk away, figure it out, and let things shake out. Whatever they're going to be.
2: Yeah, it almost seems like there needs to be two conversations here. Um, I think S like you need to talk to M and say point blank. I really care for you. I love you. You know, whatever you say usually, but it makes me uncomfortable when you are overly touchy with my friends and, you know, it's, it's kind of hurting my feelings that you don't want to hold my hand or be affectionate with me, but yet you'll give that same affection to other people Mm -hmm. and you got to just lay it out. Like it's got to be an open communication, but I do think it, it's interesting because it doesn't, It doesn't sound like your friends are consenting to this at all. And that's what makes it so uncomfortable. Like it's the worst feeling ever to be touched and like, groped. I just hate, just, I just can picture it already. And, you know, it might be your place to say my friends don't really like that, but I lean, I almost lean towards more of like your friends also need to set their boundaries. They should say it. Yeah. That's what I think I lean more towards. Like they're uncomfortable. They should be setting their they those boundaries
1: be definitely doing that. for
2: themselves too.
1: Unless they unless they love it.
2: But it seems like they're uncomfortable. So yeah. I don't know. It seems like there needs to be two conversations with M, one the, from the, OP, our writer, and then one from the main the, the friends. The main
1: the main thing really here is that S is definitely feeling the lack. And M's not providing the the reinforcement so for that reason right on the on on the money s should say i'm sorry it's time for me to to take a hike
2: yeah and i would get really bad vibes like if me and justin you know went out in public and all of a sudden he was not holding my hand and slapping it away i'd be like who the fuck are you scared about seeing you why aren't you holding my hand
3: oh yeah it'd be an instant conversation it would be
2: like an instant like something fishy is going on here you don't you don't want to look like you're taken you're this is intentional, mm-hmm. like my little spidey senses are tingling,
0: so
1: I hope that answers the question,
2: yeah, okay, moving along. Last one. Okay. Hi, Jerry and crew. I'm a weekly listener to both THT and FKS, but I have yet to hear a story like mine. I've been dating my boyfriend for the past three years. We are really in love and happy. My boyfriend is a music engineer and has a best friend that is also one. They spend hours together talking, making music, drinking, hanging out, trips, etc. I have also become good friends with him, but I can't help feel some weird sexual tension between us. Basically, when we all hang out, he makes it a point to make sure I enjoy things that he likes. Music, taste, movies. I catch him staring at me for long periods of time. And he asks me how I'm feeling. Finds me when I'm alone, especially when on vacations, to talk to me. Sits close to me. Compliments me to others. Compliments my outfits. To preface, I do not reciprocate these advances. I am kind, but I don't think I am nice to him in the ways that he is to me. Also to note, he is not this friendly to others or even the girls he dates. Am I overthinking this? Am I just forcing a Jesse's girl moment on this poor guy?
1: Well, I always say the control on situations in some cases is up to you. So the fact that he's doing this, you have two options. If, If you confront him, you know, he's going to deny, he's going to deny it. And maybe you should, and I don't even know if he,
2: I don't know if he'd deny it.
1: I don't even know if it's right to go to, go to her boyfriend and say, can you look at this? Cause I find it a little creepy and I don't want to cause friction between you guys, but this is something that I'm definitely feeling. And I want to make you aware of it and see if you notice anything. And do you think it would be inappropriate if I called him out on it? You're bringing your boyfriend. Look, you share your life with with the guy you're with. He's your best friend. Mm-hmm. So who do you confide in? It's nice that you can find in FKS and in <laughs> crew, but uh, I really want you to confide in him. I think that's the best way. And then the two of you get through this little maze together. It it it's better for for the two of you, and at least he's aware of what's going on, and he can kind of maybe even tell, you know, pump, tell the guy to pump the brakes and, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a relationship, but he might even say, you know, honey, I think that's up to you to go up to him and just say, Hey, you know, I, I really like that you're part of our family, but you know, I'm getting a weird vibe and I, I just don't want to misunderstand it. Yeah. And I think between the combination of those two things, but I wouldn't do a thing until you talk to, uh, your best friend first and make them a part of the
3: solution
2: the boyfriend yes okay the best 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 friend friend.
3: because you have to kill the what ifs that's right right because it's it's really fun and really exciting obviously you're not playing into it but from his perspective it's fun and exciting to like think about the what if of the the forbidden Mm -hmm. like the taboo is so fun and like it makes it like like almost like a little mission and it's just like it can spin out of control. So if you kill that, what if, mm-hmm. and that potential from the front end, mm-hmm. I feel like it would change rather quickly. I've had best friends do this. Mm-hmm. I've had best friends
1: go after women I'm dating and cross those boundaries. When they've come up to me and, and point blank, you know, share with me what's going on. I leave it to them to handle. I'll say, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And I, I, I have all the trust in the world with you, honey. And you know, if, if that's what you would want, I understand. I, I I I love our relationship and I love who we are together and I would like to see us, you know, get through this, but I'm not going to, you know, unless you want me to go say something. You're you're welcome to go tell him to, you know, to knock it off. Or I'll do it if you want me to. It's this is your call. You tell me what you wish. But I really appreciate when they do come forward. And I can think of two occasions of this. So
3: it's I um I was in the role of the best friend one time.
2: Justin.
3: But in like a way fuck? less serious... In so a you, way less serious way.
2: What the fuck? Were you, a,
3: were you being the worm? I sat... Sounds at a, like it. I went to dinner with my roommate, Jake, in New York. And he brought this girl he was talking to along. And the dinner turns into me and the girl talking for like most of the time. And at the end... We were kind of in the middle of it. I looked at her I said, I don't I remember. I wish I knew what the, the conversation was. I wish I knew like the paragraph that led up to it. But all I remember is looking over and saying, ah, oh, it just looks like you met the wrong guy.
2: Fuck.
3: <laughs> Insinuating like, oh, you should have met me. Because I, I know what you been, meant. <laughs> this would have been a great match. And then I ended that dinner by um, asking out the front hostess of the restaurant. So it was great. Jesus. It was a really good day for me, but in all reality, it's like you know he's it, all over
1: the place. He can't he can't decide where he wants to aim. Yeah, it, <laughs> he was, it was. He's like this, is flashing around like just like like a magnet.
2: This is crazy.
3: <laughs> it was just like I mean, her and my roommate were very casual, and it, we had this joking relationship yeah. always, especially him and I. Like it was the furthest thing from. You know, it would it, it didn't offend anybody. It was funny. Mm. And we all laughed about mm. it. This is different though. Yeah, this leads send, to like some is, secret cheating, is, lies and a bunch of shit where people get hurt. I just thought it'd be funny to tell that
1: story. And, and well, the and the best friend is really putting his his friendship at risk with true. Uh, with with her boyfriend.
2: Yeah, and I mean, they've been together for 3 years and I wonder if this has gone on the whole time or if it's really amped up recently. But I think that it can be so casual where you're like, to your boyfriend, you're just like, hey, I've I've kind of noticed John being a little flirtier with me. Like, mm-hmm. does he just warm up to people? And is he just kind of like that, overly friendly? Otherwise, like, I'm if he's not, I'm kind of getting a weird vibe. And just kind of put it on his radar and...
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: He'll address it.
1: Well, I w- either way, she's reading... It doesn't matter what he does with other people. She's reading it and she just... Let's yeah. make them
2: aware of it. It does give me weird vibes. I don't know what men comment on women's outfits out of just like the kindness of their heart.
1: Well, I, I, I am always very complimentary to people and, and, you know, friends and things of that nature. But
2: The only dude I've had comment on my outfit that wasn't trying to get with me was a gay guy. Otherwise, it's very like, oh, you that shirt is so, right. you look great in that top. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's like it's kind of like a little carrot I'm unless scared. it's
3: a specific event and someone's wearing like this awesome dress and yeah. you're like this dress is amazing. Yeah. like it's, it's a
2: Roaring not, 20s theme and you're like
3: But it's different when yeah. you like I love the way you look in that dress. Or like there's you know it's the phrasing yeah. and instantly the way the words are said yep. and the order of the words says all. It yep. does. But you know there it, it is not uncommon for me to be uh,
1: um Gracious to friends of mine's, you know, wives or so forth. Yeah. We all say they look beautiful. They look great. They look nice. Love the outfit. You know, that's not uncommon. But, but if you
3: were to continue doing it the rest of that night,
1: yeah, it's not that I sit there and do it and salivate at the same time. Exactly. And, yeah, and that's that's the line thing that if she's getting a creepy feeling, it's, I don't. I yeah. hope I don't give anybody a creepy feeling. No one's ever said anything to me, but if. You know, who knows? I mean, it's, mostly it's, you know, yeah. if I'm with somebody, I'm drilling on the person I'm with.
2: <laughs> I, um, I'm i going to definitely... Cut that out. Try, no, uh, staying in. Okay. This is, it's going to teach you a lesson, not say stupid shit. <laughs> um, but I do think our writer here is... I think trust your gut. I definitely think you're, you're picking up a weird vibe yeah trust your gut. Talk to your oh, best. This,
3: no, this is refreshing. Like yeah. This perspective is refreshing. Cause I got burned by this shit. Talk mm-hmm. to your best friend. I say,
2: well, and I do want to share a little bit about that. Cause it kind of honestly is your life. Like you could have wrote this.
3: E- In the
2: sense that Justin had a girlfriend.
3: I couldn't have written it. No.
2: From the, Okay kind of. Justin had a girlfriend dated for years, three years, four years, six years. It was a long time. Six years. And Justin's music producer was working with an artist and his girlfriend started sleeping with that artist he was working but with.
3: it like I think prior to anything you can read that silent energy. There's When you're in the room with, with two people, you can tell if there's a connection Mm -hmm. and it's very subtle but it's amazing i actually think it's amazing just as like humans we've developed the ability to read that yeah the radar you have your radar the silence Mm -hmm. is loud but the radar Mm -hmm. like it's pretty crazy Yeah. because you ever heard the expression trust your gut yes but (laughs) not to this extent this surprised me when I was right. It surprised me.
1: It really? did. And
2: I mean, yeah, they were together six years. I told you it's, this. I told
1: you the story of my brother in law that who was a, who was a PI, and they would come up to him and say, "Yeah, I would like to hire you to follow my husband or my wife." And he'd say, "I don't do that kind of work because basically, if you if you're feeling it's going on,
2: it's probably trust your on. radar.
1: It's happening. Yeah. Now, now, just consider the fact that it's real. What are you going to do about it?
3: hmm Well, and I know you've said that about, I don't know, I think that's maybe the 51st or 52nd time on the show, but...
2: Yeah. Once I don't think it's
3: totally true. Trusting I think, your gut? I Well, I think your radar can be onto something and yes, it can go right or wrong.
2: It could be off sometimes like, too. Or
3: the roses, how people call in and they think it. hmm This bit on the morning show I listened mm-hmm. to where they call to check in, see who their partner's going to send roses to, mm-hmm. thinking it's just... Like, they don't know it's a setup. And, you know, it goes both ways. They get surprised that they get chosen and that the person's, like, not fooling around. So give and take with that a little bit.
1: I got it, but... And remember, you got insecurity in the middle of this stuff, That's too. That's right, right. You know, but uh, I do know that if you, if if your radar is picking it up... Yeah. There's something that you... It's a conversation. At least. It's really yeah. a conversation.
2: for sure. Always openly communicate. It gets you... A lot further. Mm-hmm.
1: Makes your relationship stronger too.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, that is the last one I have. We're headed over to Patreon.
1: So we want to thank you for joining us this week. And, yeah. you know, we would really, I'll tell you what, if you guys can share us with your friends and tell your friends about it, I'd like to see if, if everyone that views this, uh, we are at 20,000 subscribers. And if everyone brings two in, we could be at 60,000 subscribers pretty quickly. Wow. So let's make it a goal to see if in uh, the next few months we can do it. So help us out. It would be wonderful.
2: Pressure's on, guys. Pressure's <laughs> let's on. Let's get it.
1: Anyways, be, it, it would be wonderful. I, it, it, it would amaze me. So and a lot of people that listen are not
3: subscribed.
2: Oh, come on. So Please it, help us out.
1: So you can't, because Morgan has... A little plaque on the wall. You can't see it. But it says 100,000 viewers or 100,000 subscribers. And I really want to be able to hang mine next to hers. It's kind of my goal for this year. So if you can help me out, (laughs) I think it would be wonderful. So thanks so much for watching. And jump on over to Patreon because we do have another story or two.
2: Mm -hmm, We do.
1: So we'll see you over on the other side.
2: Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.